Hello, and welcome to FML Fund My Life, a podcast brought to you by My Wall Street. <laughs> this is funny because I'm reading off of notes that were prepared by Nicole. Unfortunately, Nicole is not with us today. She is sick, um, which means I now have to fulfill both ends of the script. Um, but luckily, joining us today is Zoe, who is our business manager here at My Wall Street, who is very very fortunately allowed us to have a look into her portfolio and criticize it publicly. Um, Thank you, Zoe, for coming on to the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you know, you don't have to say thank you yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As always, I'm Anne-Marie. I'm one of our financial analysts. Um, Unfortunately, as I said, Nicole is not joining us, but she is our social media manager. Normally she is here. Luckily for Nicole, though, she will have to watch back all of this podcast and edit it and prepare it for Instagram and TikTok. So, she will undoubtedly enjoy every single minute of it repeatedly, which I'm very happy about, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before we jump in to our main story today, as always, we like to begin with some casual chat. It's actually written in our script, which I think is good for listeners to know. Um, but today's casual chat topic, which we prepared mere minutes ago, um, is the large number of celebrity cheating scandals that have emerged in recent weeks. Zoe, are you up to date on these? Honestly, I can't keep track anymore. It is mental. Yeah. Have you seen um, the the TikToks around the Adam Levine cheating scandal? Yeah, not great. Did you see he wanted to call his new baby yeah. after the one he cheated with? Summer. Yeah. Wild. And he sent it over Instagram message that that was, yeah. that's, that's what he wanted to do. Not very smart. That's in, wild. In also, he's like 40. Points. Yeah. Like, not he great. Got, that's not great, like... You gotta get on top of this. Um, also, probably an even better cheating scandal is that Shakira's husband recently cheated on her. His name, he's a football player for Barcelona. And um, luckily for her, though, also this week, she had a very important court case in Spain because she's being um, accused of tax fraud. Because like most rich people, she's like rooting all her money through about three different countries in order to avoid taxes in Spain. And the Spanish government yeah. had enough. And they were like, Shakira, you owe us like 8 million euro. But she won her court case this week. And they now Yay! have to yeah, they have to pay her 8 million euro on top of additional money for holding on to her 8 million euro for so long. Oh, my God. So she's Big delighted. Game. Some good news. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, some good news after the very horrible weeks that Shakira um, has been having. And she also gave an interview recently where she was like, oh, I gave up, like put my career on pause to move to Spain. Um, yeah. It's just a plague. Like, Yeah. And that's that's just two in like recent weeks. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the um, the Oscars cheating curse there is that apparently after a woman wins a Best Actress Oscar, her husband will cheat on her? No, but that's awful. Yeah, it's happened. Tw- it's uh, I knew two recently, which one was Sandra Bullock and the other was Halle Berry. Both got divorced immediately after winning their Oscars. Okay, great. So now women don't want to win any Oscars. Yeah, it's very hard. It's hard. It's hard being a, a, a successful woman out there. You've got tax fraud. You have divorce to deal with. <laughs> so it's hard. Like, yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm sure that this is, we have been told strictly by Nicole that this podcast has to be under 35 minutes long. She has yeah. complained that we talk too much. But so she unfor- scripted the casual chat, so I mean. To be fair, all the scripting was, she wrote down the words casual, casual chat. chat. Yeah, so she didn't She didn't script all of this, but um, no. f- fair enough. We might actually need to jump into the, the portfolio bit now. Okay. Um, before we unlock your 18 stocks here i do have to give a bit of an intro just to remind people about the process that we're going to go through so today we're going to discuss zoe's 
portfolio, but through the lens of the pyramid, which I think we discussed like two episodes ago, three episodes ago. People really liked it, actually. Um, so we're just going to re-go over the pyramid just for all of our listeners. Um, so I basically created this to explain to new investors the best way to kind of create a, a foundational portfolio, beginning portfolio, to make sure that right off the bat you're diversified, which is very important. Um I kind of talked about that there were all these different types of stocks. You know, there's boring old tech, there's growth abroad, there's high risk, high reward. Um, And as you ascend the portfolio or the pyramid, um, you basically want risk to increase. So, you know, you want to put your kind of very speculative stocks towards the top and you want, you know, your safe, your index funds, your big, stable, boring tech towards the bottom. And you want to make sure um, that you've built out your foundation before you kind of go up towards the top of the pyramid. Um, That apparently was covered in episode nine of FML, which was called Build a Rich. That's quite a good pun, actually. Good Mm. job, Nicole, for coming up with that. Um, So if you are interested in the pyramid and maybe want to grab a pen and paper and check in with your own portfolio or build your own portfolio, go ahead and go back and listen to episode nine. And we walk you through the whole process. We give you an example stock for each category. Um, Yeah, it's it's a pretty great episode. We also go through things like full and half positions, dollar cost averaging, um, and tell you some investing stories from the My Wall Street team. So you don't feel quite so alone when you, you know, put all your money into one stock, say, Costco. Um, All right. So let's go ahead and jump into your portfolio. First things first, Zoe, when did you start investing? So I joined the My Wall Street team in October of 2020, and I just started investing pretty much straight straight away from there. So coming up to two years now, next month. Nice. And what was kind of your perception of investing before joining the company? Um, Well, I definitely thought you needed a lot more money to start investing than you do I wasn't aware of like the half positions and I thought you know you need to save up before buying your first stock but I wish I just started earlier yeah it's crazy that's something Nicole talks about all the time of like oh you can invest with just 10 euro yeah that's as easy as it's like 10 10 euro a week like skip a few coffees which is sometimes a thing that I kind of hate that older people say that to young people where they're like stop eating avocados (laughs) don't go out for coffee invest and I'm like that is like but sometimes you need a coffee Mm, true like although maybe not as many coffees or pints as I had throughout college (laughs) to be fair yes you could skipping a pint I think is maybe wiser (laughs) than skipping a coffee yeah to be honest in college um all right so real quick just for our listeners I'm going to walk them through your your portfolio first off off the bat I do actually have to commend you because 27 percent of your portfolio is sitting in index funds which is spectacular that is actually perfect Okay, like great. no, no lie. I went and verified with a couple different sources because I had always heard for people in their 20s, you know, you want 25% of your overall investments to be in index funds. It's just kind of your safe haven. Mm-hmm. And so I went and verified with a bunch of different sources and everyone was like, yeah, if you're in your 20s, 25%. So okay. nailed it. Great. Doing great so far. Yeah. Is it downhill from here? <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's pretty good. Um, so you have 18 stocks so far. Um, lots of recognizable names, things that people definitely know. Um, mm-hmm. So you have Twilio, Tesla, Teladoc, Stoneco, Shopify, C Limited, Pinterest, PayPal, Airbnb, Apple, Cloudflare, Disney, DocuSign, Home Depot, iRobot, Lemonade, PagerDuty, and Unity Software. Pretty much all big names that we talk about all the time on my Wall Street, or you know, stocks that Emin is in favor of. Yeah. So looking pretty good. Um, what is maybe your kind of when you hear about a stock initially what is your process for maybe picking one out um to be honest most of my stocks come through my wall street 
um, yeah. analysis or recommendations or hearing it on this podcast or Stock Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I first normally hear about the stocks. Then I would look at them if they're ones that I actually know, trust, believe. It's a lot easier. The other ones might spend a bit more time in my watch list. Yeah. And do you then have... I wait for you guys to do the work of the <laughs> reporting and analysis and the updates. Fair. Fair. Do you have kind of, um? do you go into it being like, right, I'm going to pick up this stock because it's in this sector and pick up this stock because it's in this sector. And you're kind of thinking, I need to balance these out and diversify. A bit more now, for sure. But when I first started, I was definitely just diving in, excited, being like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to get at least five stocks. Start with that. Oh, maybe yeah. I can go up to 10. And maybe I kind of went a bit too fast, but... I think I'm starting to balance it out a lot better now that I understand what I'm actually yeah, investing in. Definitely. Um, did you also experience the thing that me and Nicole experienced where we started investing in like the end of 2020 when the stock market was doing nothing but going up? And you yeah. were like, this is great. Yeah. Like all the money. Why didn't in. I start earlier? This is amazing. And then, yeah, yeah it was fast, fastly humbled. Yeah, it was like March or April of 2021 rolled around and we were like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this isn't going to work. Like it right was it was a bit of a yeah. bummer. Um. Okay, so what I ended up doing was I took just your portfolio of stocks. I took your index funds out so we can have a bit of an analysis of where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good overall, to be honest with you. It's very well diversified. You did a good job. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, which is kind of like maybe step one of checking in with how diversified you are, is seeing how spread you are across market caps. So I took each of your um, positions in terms of like a percentage of the amount of money you have in each, um, and then just went through and took each company and like wrote down what their market cap was, and then categorize them. So for just a reminder for our listeners, market cap is basically the size of a company. And there are four categories that I use um, in terms of uh, organizing market caps and small is less than two million dollars medium is between two and ten million um large is between 10 and 200 million and then anything over 200 million is going to be like a mega cap stock those tend to be like huge companies that we've all heard of you know like microsoft apple all those type of things um the largest company on the stock market is apple it's valuation is sitting gosh it's like over two trillion dollars now at this point very large very stable company um And in terms of market caps in your portfolio, pretty solid. So we've got 24% in small caps. Small caps tend to be the most volatile. So often people are like, oh, small cap stocks are volatile. Therefore, they're risky. And like it does tend to line up with um, like what those companies do. So like Lemonade is a small cap stock. Um, Pager Duty is a small cap stock. Those type of things. We're going to come back to to Lemonade in a a minute. I can. I know (laughs) you're you're smiling. Mid caps, solid 27%, really good. Large caps, 37%. That's actually pretty perfect if you're kind of going for a mid-range kind of conservative portfolio. And then only 10.9% in mega cap stocks. I guess you could probably add another one in there and put a bit of money in it. But it's actually, like, I'm not mad at it because you're only like 26. Like, you can Mm -hmm. have a pretty good appetite for risk at this point in your career because, you know, your investing timeline is at least least 20 years. So, yeah solid there nice job um do you ever think about market cap when you pick out stocks um to be honest not a whole lot <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> to <laughs> be fair should. i will now be more aware of it but yeah no it wouldn't be one of my main things i look at now to be fair actually if i don't know if we've turned this feature off but it used to be when you added stocks to your shortlist on my wall street it would send you an alert if you were over concentrated in a certain market cap oh yeah very good but i don't know if we do that anymore <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, so. I will figure it out and see if we do because I think that was quite a good feature. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to jump into the pyramid and the categories. Um, and we're I kind of broke them into their bands. So I know that some of, you know, like the bottom three bands on the pyramid have two categories in them. Yeah. So we're going to go through each. Um, the one caveat is I did exclude your index funds, which again, very solid. Absolutely perfect. Okay. No notes. Don't, don't need um, to worry about it. No. And by the way, do you put money in an index fund like every month? Yeah. Wow. So I'd invest in the S&P 500 every month and then split up what other stocks I invest alongside it. But I'm consistent in the in the S&P 500. Yeah. That is great. Wow. Perfect. You should talk to Nicole and encourage her to do that. <laughs> you, should send her, you should send her a monthly text and just be like, hey, <laughs> you should put money in the S&P 500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that just means that our bottom band in this case is large, stable tech. That's the the secondary category in that band after index funds. Yeah. Um, in this instance, you only have 9.2% of your portfolio sitting in there. Not mad at it, but could be a bit better. The stocks mm -hmm. that you have in this band are Apple and Shopify. Both super yeah. solid. I love Apple. I think they're pretty much undisputed at this point. And then you have Shopify, which I think is nice, has a little bit more risk to it, but is also growing. Yeah. So maybe a little bit more down at the bottom, but not too bad because you have so much in index funds. It's kind of, you're pretty good. Right. Yeah. I guess if you like wanted to maybe increase your risk appetite a little bit, you could go a little bit more into big cap stocks over index funds maybe. But okay. maybe in the current economy, it's kind of, you kind of want to go to the safest place, you know? So you might be fine. Okay. Okay. We're pretty, doing pretty good so far. So now band two, which has the category that I call the Dow stocks category, but it also had, a, it, it's also called the dividend payers. I gave it like three names, which like maybe in hindsight, like we maybe shouldn't be given three names to categories, but anyway. Um, yeah, but it makes then, it a bit easier when you're trying to figure out where your, your own yeah. portfolio fits into the pyramid. Yeah. And I was also kind of hoping it would help people understand that like that category is meant to be a little bit more conservative than maybe the brick and mortar category, which is directly above it, because I wanted yeah. people to be looking for like huge companies that are paying dividends that are really well established. Um, so that's the first company in band two. And the second company is big tech stocks uh, with a little bit more risk. Um, these are kind of, you know, established players, large cap companies, but they just have a little bit more of a risk profile than maybe something like Apple. So for the Dow stocks category, you have two really solid players. You have Home Depot, absolutely love Home Depot, and you have Disney, which we actually have to say is not, does, Disney doesn't, does Disney pay a dividend? It, I think it used to, but it doesn't anymore. If I'm yeah, and it's that. not on the Dow as well, which is, but it's kind of the okay. one exception I have where it's like Disney isn't on the Dow, but like it's such an established brand, it's kind yeah. of fine. So very solid picks. Um, and then in the big tech with risk, you have Airbnb and PayPal. And so together, that band represents 20.7% of your portfolio, which is super solid. Love that okay. for you. Um, I particularly love Home Depot because it's a dividend payer, like, and it's a pretty solid dividend payer. It's like 2.7% or something like that. Yeah. So good. Solid. We're not mad. Okay. The next band is where we have, a, we have a bit of a falling. Yeah. We have a falling out here. here. And this, and this, yeah. So... The first category in band three is brick and mortar or food and travel. And then the second category is growth abroad. And then brick and mortar, you have no stocks. You yeah. just skipped that one. You said, not today. Not happening. 
which I guess is fair enough because you're quite well balanced further down the pyramid. Um, yeah. But then even in growth abroad, you only have one stock, which is C limited. So this band yeah. is kind of our great. You're you're just you said, I don't want anything in the middle of the pyramid. Yeah. Is yeah. this where uh, legendary Costco should sit? Yes. We'll get into <laughs> that later. Um, yeah, I would place Costco, I think, in brick and mortar. And that right. I think when we did the sample portfolios where we put Costco is right there. Yeah. I know you have been eyeing up Costco. I have. It's on my watch list. Yeah. But How then much I was of... freaking myself out because I have quite a lot of stocks in my portfolio as is. You have 18, yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, kind of between 15 and 20 is kind of like where I would. Yeah. And I think because Costco is quite um, a stable one, it probably isn't one that you'd have to watch all that closely, you know? Yeah, that's nice. So it might be good. Yeah. Um, but yes, Costco would go in there. And then in terms of growth abroad, you have C-Limited, which is a very interesting company. I like them. A um, little bit more risky, but, you know, we're approaching the top of the pyramid. But that band, so band three that has those two categories, only has 5.3% in it. So that is okay. kind of where we're, yeah, where we're missing, unfortunately. But not too bad. Everything else so far, like, has been so solid that it's, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Um, and then we send the pyramid. We enter band four, which is tech dis- tech disruption and back-end players. Um, I said to Nicole that this is the category I like to call, like, the one that makes you work for it because they're usually companies that are a little bit confusing and you have to, like, sit down and read about them and figure out how they make money. Um, mm-hmm. You love this this category. <laughs> lots of lots of companies in there. So here we have DocuSign, PagerDuty, Cloudflare, Twilio, iRobot, Teladoc, and Tesla are all crammed into this category together they make up 38.5 percent of your portfolio which is a little bit heavy however you do have an escape in that irobot is getting acquired and that's coming out as cash yeah so you'll get some cash back and then actually to be fair irobot will then leave your portfolio so then you'll drop to 17 stocks yes. okay so there you go you can room. yeah um so yeah a little bit top heavy and then even more top heavy when we go into high risk high reward up at mm-hmm. the very top with 26.6% of your portfolio. And it's also only in four stocks. So it's Lemonade, Pinterest, Stone Co., and Unity. And you do have an out here, which would you like to explain what happened with Lemonade? Yeah, so in my defense, Lemonade, yeah. I had both Lemonade and Metromile in my yep. portfolio. And then Lemonade acquired Metromile. So that's why my holding of Lemonade is a bit larger than I would have initially hope yeah. for or plan but I'm working on rebalancing it yeah 11.4 percent at the minute in lemonade but I yeah. do think when lemonade bought Metro Mile, I think it was an all-stock deal so it basically meant every all your metromile became lemonade yeah it did yeah um what are your opinion do you what, what are your feelings on lemonade has you were you kind of drawn to it because I know Emmett is very excited about the stock but also it is kind of an interesting company yeah you know I just find insurance is such a pain for everybody yeah. so I'm all for yeah. anything that makes it in any way easier yeah. And that was the same thought process I had with Metromile. I was on an insurance yeah. buzz, probably just got my car insurance quote and was oh, yeah. raging. But yeah, then it got acquired and now I have quite yeah. a large holding. But I am yeah. I am excited about Lemonade, as excited I as you can be too. about yeah. insurance. Uh, to be fair, yeah. But I don't hate it. It's no. I mean, she's a bit of a big holding. But no, I don't hate the company. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting. I hold Lemonade as well. Um yeah. Do you, would you because you have a car, you are a car owner, yeah, which is a rarity in, in Dublin City, we will say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Metro Mile's whole thing is that they would charge you insurance based upon how much you use your car, like how often you drive and how far you drive. Would yeah. you benefit from an insurance model like that? 
definitely like i live right beside town in dublin don't really drive too far so the idea of like pay per mile is a nice one for someone in my position yeah it definitely is i think it would be interesting to see it be applied to rental car companies i think was someone something that emmett thought because people want to renting cars to like get to one place and then they don't necessarily use the car once they're there. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely something there. Um, But a topic I kind of want to move to, which I kind of came across when we were going through this process of, of, of checking in with your portfolio was that myself and Nicole had never had to reverse engineer the pyramid before. Like we had always gone in trying to fit stocks into the pyramid, not necessarily yeah. trying to like fit the pyramid into a portfolio. And that kind of raised um, an issue, which is that there are definitely stocks which you can argue are in multiple categories. Yeah. And then I said this to you and you agreed with me where you were like, oh yeah, like some of these could fit anywhere. Um, and that kind of reminded me that, you know, oftentimes investment theses are personal. You know, they're a reflection of people and their belief in companies or their belief in certain industries and where things are heading. And it does mean that oftentimes you are kind of allowed to assign how risky you think a company is and then place it then in an appropriate category on the pyramid. I mean, you have to do this within reason. Like Apple's not going up at the top of the pyramid, like high risk, high reward. Um, That was an easy one. Yeah. Um, so I thought we would go through three of your holdings that kind of sit on these boundaries and talk about maybe why we would place them in certain categories. Um, I just think it would be a bit helpful for people to kind of see, right? Like this is how we kind of think about them. Um, first one right off the bat is, is a favorite is Home Depot, which I think could sit either in brick and mortar or in the Dow stocks category. Um, so brick and mortar is a little bit higher up in the pyramid and Dow stocks is, um, only in the second band, so quite low. So yeah. where would you place it yourself? Um, I think if I hadn't heard your original um, of the Pyramid episode, yeah. I would have thought that it would just go into brick and mortar myself. Mm-hmm. But obviously it is a dividend payer, so that was the yeah. thing kind of pushing it down a further. Uh, yeah. 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 For me. I also think it's, um, when we talk about Home Depot, um, on the other podcast or like anytime we write about it um, we always see that like Home Depot essentially thrives in absolutely any economic environment yeah, like people yeah I know people just renovate their homes when the economy is bad and people build new homes when the economy is good and yeah. so it just kind of thrives and survives and you are right it is a dividend payer it pays a 2.82% annual dividend which is yeah. a pretty solid dividend so Costco only pays a 0.73% dividend unfortunately one of Costco's rare low lights mm. um yeah, and and Home Depot is a massive market cap, so it is a two hundred and seventy three billion dollar market cap. So it's very much in that kind of mega yeah. um, space. And I was just like, it's a, it's like as I like to call it, it's a boat stock. Like it's massive, it floats, it's heavy. Yeah, and I would be tempted to push it further down the pyramid into the Dow stocks category. Um, but I guess like maybe the thing is is oftentimes so like we have the benefit of we're in our twenties, so we can like have a different risk profile but i think maybe if you were older and you thought oh i'm only going to be investing for 10 or 15 years maybe you would place it higher in the pyramid because your risk appetite would be much lower that would maybe be the only reason i would place it higher yeah that makes sense yeah that would maybe it though easy one with home depot um the second one i wanted to talk about was pinterest which is a company i'm very interested in of late and me and nicole talked about it 
a lot on the last podcast. And I ended up having to put it in high risk, high reward way up at the top because it is a very small company. Mm -hmm. But it was mainly because I couldn't figure out where else to put it. Yeah. Because I thought it would maybe go in tech disruption directly below. But I don't know. Like, what does Pinterest disrupt? Like the traditional social media? Less controversy and advertising, perhaps? To be fair, yeah, you are true there because – one of the things we used to love about Pinterest was it was really easy for them to sell ads because like no one's trying to spread fake news on Pinterest because like what would they yeah. even look like? Like, <laughs> like it would just be like slander against certain wedding dress companies. Like yeah. <laughs> very unclear what you could do. Um, and it is, I guess, maybe disruptive to e-commerce. Like I think that's their True. goal. Yeah, it is. And I think it's moving a lot more like that. It's most shoppable. Yeah. social media for sure right yeah and people kind of go to it to make like shopping lists and make wish lists yeah yeah um are you a pinterest user yourself i am i actually really like pinterest but in terms of shopping through pinterest i don't think i've ever done yeah. that i'll go onto pinterest and if i'm buying like a new item of clothing like let's say converse i'll be like oh how to style converse and i'll be looking at like inspiration there yeah. but i would never click on that person's photo and buy their jumper or jeans that they're wearing with the converse yeah do you assemble mood boards are you a um no not not necessarily mood boards but you can save the images for okay if you're coming back but i don't have a collage or a vision board yeah Yeah, i recently got into because on our last episode i we were talking about how pinterest has this like side app that they just launched called shuffles and i got into shuffles at the weekend no i know yeah, I like join the way. Uh, I join the way. It's actually it's really cute. I nice. um I can send you an invite code to get you in. It's Thank very you. very reminiscent of like Instagram in like 2013. Nice. Like when very, everyone like, did the collages for their friends' yes. birthday and yeah, and there's it. all these filters and everything, and there's like an animation feature where you can animate elements of the collages so that they move. Um, oh. But the thing I love the most is that like it encourages you to like take images and samples from other people's collages so make maybe you see someone's and you're like oh i really like this thing that they used um it basically every time all those images you know you add into your collage and then they're traceable so you could be using one image and click into it and it'll tell you who like who created that original image and credits them oh nice this is so smart yeah so it connects all of your photos together which i thought was really smart because on instagram everyone would just rip everybody off yeah and just steal everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be like no this is original i definitely i definitely did this yeah. like but this kind of fixes that issue yeah so it's very interesting i do i'm 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 like really interested in that element of it because i think there is a side it's always a great sign when they're bringing new features and yeah and you know, young people keep- really like it yeah they do yeah because for a long time i think we thought like oh pinterest is only for millennials mm but I think this but is you their- see it now a lot on TikTok. People are promoting their Pinterests and telling yeah. people to follow them there. Yeah. And I think like if they were able to tap into a younger generation, that would be crazy good. And also yeah. if they could take the position as being the photo social media away from Instagram. Yeah. Huge Which I mean, now is probably your time more than ever because every second photo is an ad. And it's just really annoying. It's really terrible. I was on Instagram before we started and I was like, yeah. I don't think I follow any of these people. No. That's I always fun. do that. You know, if you're scrolling down and you see someone and it's like someone in Greece and you're like, oh, who's in Greece? And you're like, I don't know this person. This yeah, it'll really be like weird. Vanessa Hudgens. And you're <laughs> like, oh, I don't know her. Like, yeah, yeah I yeah. just, uh, it's just really terrible. Yeah. But however, I would say that my like, 
heightened interest in Pinterest because of this app is like maybe very speculative. Like I haven't seen any metrics. That's the thing is like Pinterest, I think, tried to put this app out in secret. It, it like in no way was affiliated with the company when it first went into the app store because it was oh. it's still in testing. So I haven't been able to see like I don't know how many people are on it. I don't know like what the usage of the engagement yeah. looks like. So Do because you know how long this trial is or this test is supposed um, to go on? No, but I think it I first heard about it maybe five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it had only been on the apps. I mean, we might be in month two of trialing. Okay, right. So early days. Well, yeah, but it seems to be going well because I hear about it on other social medias. Yeah, yeah. So maybe simply, they did it right. It's all exclusive now. I know. Yeah, and they're just like letting people get really hyped up, which used to be. I think when Be Real first showed up, you also needed a code, which I think they do initially to like ensure their servers don't go down because mm-hmm. so many people come on at once, but. Yeah, simply for that reason, I put it in high risk, high reward, because I was thinking that the part about it that was most interesting to me, the thing that I thought that I was allowing to be most foundational to my investment thesis was quite speculative and new. And so it was like, mm, I'm going to put it up towards the pier- like the top of the pyramid, rather than yeah. in tech disruption, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, okay, this, this company is actually one that I want to have a proper conversation about, because I think it's quite a popular company. And I think it's, it's, um, how people view it in terms of risk, I think, is really important. And that's Tesla, which, Yeah, like, that's an interesting one. Isn't it? Because it's, like, the biggest name on the stock market, but it's actually quite a risky company. Yeah, that's it. I think if people were going to invest in it now, you'd nearly first think to your head would be like, oh, it goes in big tech, like, bottom yeah. stable of your stable element in your pyramid. But, you know, it's still very... I know, which... Yeah. I, I think I'm quite a speculative Tesla person. Like I updated their comment in the app maybe last year. And I kept trying to like put all these caveats in the write-up where I was <laughs> like, oh, yes, Elon Musk thinks that one day, you know, they'll be able to have car insurance and they'll produce the chargers for your home and they'll produce the solar panels to charge your car and your car will be fully autonomous with this incredible software and it will drive away from you when you're done with it and become its own taxi and generate money. And... I was like, yeah, that's great. Like, not only will you own a car, it will pay for itself. But none of that exists yet. Like, none of that technology no. yet exists. Yeah, I think it's the idea of, you know, very futuristic industry. Yeah. And, you know, Musk is always kind of ahead of the game. That, yeah. That's do you, do you... where I was kind of thinking when I wanted to invest in them. They were actually my first stock was Tesla. Were they? Yeah. When did you have to go with them? when or why why yeah why just for that reason i think it was nearly fomo i was like you know good things are coming here he's a go-getter and and i want in (laughs) yeah fair does your kind of perception of elon musk impact your perception of tesla um yeah to some extent well it's a lot more controversial i guess now i probably didn't know that much about elon musk other than he had set up tesla when I to first be, invested, to be fair. To be fair, I do think he's becoming more controversial. Yeah. Like, since since 2020, he has really been on a number of kind of very public incidences. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because that, that is also my thing, is I'm like, like, Elon Musk is credited as being this great visionary behind Tesla, and he does seem to have a tremendous amount of influence. But at the same time, Sometimes I think stockholders of Tesla stock get a bit worried when he runs off and, you know, he's like, I'm going to buy Twitter. And then he accidentally ends up having to do it. 
You're like, and yeah. then because because it meant he had to liquidate a whole bunch of Tesla stock in order to be able to afford it. And it's kind of yeah. like, well, what does this mean if I'm a Tesla stockholder? And one of the things I like about it is it has high insider ownership. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I in this instance when I went through and did the analysis, I put it in tech disruption. I put it like second from the top because I'm I'm a bit spe- like a bit. Sp- speculative about tesla and i think like yeah car car manufacturing is really hard to pull off and the margins are really brutal and that was just kind of how i f- saw it also like the stock trades at a like a price to earnings of 109 which is like the price to earnings of a software company like it, yeah insane like it's so highly valued um but i do i don't know i guess i could maybe say that i could see it being a big tech stock with a bit of risk maybe further towards the bottom yeah but that's the thing. I think, you know, investment pieces can change so much over time. Yeah. And when when you build your pyramid out and you put something at a certain level, it doesn't necessarily stay mm. there. Yeah. Have you actually that's an interesting question is have you had a stock that you maybe were really excited about initially? And because of, you know, some events unfolding, you have kind of maybe lost interest in or been a bit disappointed in? Um, I don't know. Off the top of my head. Well, obviously, um, with iRobot, potentially, yeah. now I'm like, well, that one can kind of move yeah. out of my, down my priority list. Yeah, fair enough. And it's going to Amazon, so it's just, you know. Yeah. Um, so. It's a shame as well, because I guess if it was a, a stock swap rather than an all-cash deal, you'd, get, you'd pick up Amazon stock and then yeah. hold on to that. Like, that can sit towards yeah. the bottom or... Um, whatever yeah it's you have a pretty solid like to be fair like you're spread across a number of industries you've got some really solid picks you've cloudflare in there which is a company Mm -hmm. that i really like despite the fact that it is so hard to understand like to understand their products because they do cybersecurity, which we know is like this massively growing industry is so important um and they have a massive contract with apple but every time i see them in the news i'm like well i hope i don't have to write that (laughs) write that one up mike can do that one um Yeah, maybe Teladoc is maybe a a company that's had a bit of a sentiment yeah. shift in the last two years. Yeah, also a Teladoc, you're just not sure, I guess, like competition wise or. Yeah. Yeah, like I really I... like the idea of it, you know, it makes yep. it easier. It's a lot of time and money to go in person to a doctor's. So if you can do mm-hmm. it online, like all within reason, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, they've had, obviously, they had big issues recently where they picked up, they bought another company, Livongo, and they overpaid for it massively, and that was a huge issue. And um, I know that they they also control BetterHelp, which is that online counseling service, and they've had some kickback on that. But I would kind of agree with you that, like, the central product of of online doctors is very interesting. And I actually think it would be, I always think of it of, like, oh, you know, you get a sinus infection, and you just need to go to a doctor to get an antibiotic prescription. But I actually think it could be really important for, like, chronic conditions, you know, like, people who need to check in with their doctor every month or every two months. Like, them not having to leave the house, I think, could be huge. Um but yeah, they do seem to have some kind of internal issues that need to be sorted out. But um, yeah. I was excited to see Amazon is bowing out of telehealth services. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, so like <laughs> a little bit less competition in that front. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of everything. Overall, buddy, it's pretty solid. Great. Yeah, like it's pretty good. Delighted. Like, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Like you've pretty solid diversification. Um, I loved seeing the index fund thing, particularly right now um yeah you just are like 
maybe a little bit anemic and right in the center of the pyramid, but that's easy enough. Like just pick yeah. up one. Yeah. Maybe pick up one stock there. Um, yeah. That's good because the stock like on my watch list is in that area. Is, is right period. there. So, okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking brick and mortar, you could pick up maybe um, something in clothing, like athletic wear or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you had an interest in that, if you had any of those kind of, I think they're very interesting. I think Lululemon is so interesting at the minute. They've done really well. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed. Good. Great. Good yeah. Good job. Um, we will now move on. We will get out of your portfolio and just, of course, we have to to do the girl boss of the week. The most of important course. segment. Yes. Girl boss of the week. Do you have any girl bosses of the week that you would like to shout out? <laughs> um, no, not, the, not off the top of my head. I probably oh. could have planned better. Yeah. I kind of hope in the future that this will just become a space in which people come on to rant about like strangers that they know in their lives, like that it's not a big, um, mainly because like you, I love the drama, you know, the yeah. intrigue. I suppose yeah. in some ways, Adam Levine is the girl boss of the week. Sorry. Yes. Very, yeah. very clear. <laughs> that should have um, come to my head faster. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the girl boss of the week this week is um, the COO of Beyond Meat. Um because he did something truly beyond me to which uh, he got in a fight at a college football game um, and he bit a man's nose. Nice. Yeah. Um, and he has now been charged with terroristic threatening um, uh, and has been, uh, which is a third degree battery charge. Um, and he was in jail, but he recently got out on $11,000 of bail. Um, Stop. Yeah. Um, but he has been suspended from the board of the company Um and I would not be surprised if he no longer works at Beyond Meat because it's not a great look when you produce um, non-meat products to bite another human. No, it's not. No. And I initially thought that he had just like, I don't know. I like thought it wasn't that he just like bit him. And then I was like, oh, but that was kind of it. But then James told me on the other podcast that he like took off a part of the guy's nose. So he bit off a part of another yes. human's nose and he runs Beyond Meat yeah see that's not great it's no. not great regardless but it's definitely it's not great particularly not great in this instance <laughs> yeah so i mean he has to be the girl boss of the week yeah he just he girl bossed he to be honest he went so beyond meat <laughs> he came right back around yeah um okay we'll give it to him yeah it has to, it has to be done so that's a wrap everyone thanks so much for listening and if you, if you want to follow us on socials you can find us on instagram at Amory. do i have to do this bit okay at yeah. fun my life podcast on twitter at my wall street hq and on tiktok at my wall street and on our new account dedicated to this podcast at Anne marie and nicole fml also it's worth mentioning emmett recently joined tiktok oh yeah big it's been a great success news. yeah he's doing great so you should go follow emmett on tiktok too lots of just pure emmett filming a computer screen like lovely boomer content but it's great yeah would recommend Love to see it yep um and finally if you are ready to start your investing journey and are looking for resources check out my wall street's getting started podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or download the my wall street app both are linked below if you want access to our list of stocks handpicked by our analysts like me and lots of other interesting finance and business content download the my wall street app and create your free account today that's all from us. We hope you enjoyed listening. And thanks for having me on, Amory. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely nailed it. <laughs>